Welcome. We are WPKN's LGBTQ Community Radio Show, broadcasting at 89.5 FM from our beautiful new downtown uh, Bridgeport studios on Fairfield Avenue. I'm your host, Andreas Ross, and uh, with me is our co-host, Bonna Subert, and uh, Bonna is our program coordinator and uh, trusty sidekick. And we are, again, at WPKN.org and through the WPKN Live app. Uh, we reach Fairfield, Litchfield, and New Haven counties in Connecticut and Suffolk County in Long Island and worldwide through streaming at WPKN.org. We come to you on the fourth Wednesday of each month from 12 noon to 1 p.m. And we're also available on podcast at WPKN.org. And we are, this is our first show of 2022. And we're pleased and excited to have with us in uh, the studio Mark Turisi. He's the owner and operator of Black Rock Social House right here in uh Bridgeport, Blackrock, and it's uh, 2895 Fairfield Avenue in Bridgeport. 
So, uh, Bonnet, did you want to have an introduction? Well, I am so happy that you could be with us today, Mark. And for everybody who's listening, this is the person's restaurant who I stole the virtues of the uh, home fries last month. The food is just phenomenal. We were there this past Saturday again. I can't tell you enough the the, the flavors of that are on the, the plates. I mean, I just, you know, the sausage and the bacon, again... But Mark, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank um, you so much. It's an honor to be here. Now, tell us a little bit how, you know, you're talking earlier because I missed a phone call um, <clears throat> and his um, telephone, like so many of us now, our, our cell phones we've had like forever. So like mine, mine is PA. So people go, who are you? Um, I missed Mark's call because I didn't recognize the, the L.A number. I was thinking, oh God, they were going to sell me, uh, uh, you know, an extended warranty. But no, he goes, I've got your hash browns. No. Um, <laughs> it, but the thing is, is that um, how did you decide to to open a business here in Connecticut, especially during the pandemic? Well, I, I'm New England born and raised and um, originally from Massachusetts and lived in uh, and lived in Connecticut for uh, quite a few years uh, and uh, moved out to Los Angeles about 15 years ago and um, was back and forth between the Los Angeles market and bounced back here into Connecticut. Um, you know, I, the pandemic, uh, you know, kind of hit everybody a, a little weird. And I was uh, working for a, a great restaurant in downtown New Haven uh, named Atelier Florian, and they're still out there on Chapel Street, um, right across the street from the study. And, uh, you know, we ended up shutting down for a little bit uh, with the first round of COVID that ended up uh, coming through. Uh, and, uh, you know, we reopened back up in May with Just To Go and we got some outside dining available. And uh, so we just rolled through the punches of the first round of COVID. Um, and, uh, you know, once we got into uh, the fall, I've I've always I've always wanted to open my own restaurant. It's been a passion of mine. Hospitality is in my blood. I've been in the industry since I was 14 years old, starting from fast food all the way up to, you know, uh, managing a comedy club in Los Angeles and uh, uh, fine dining and gastro pub. But it's always been a dream of mine to have my own place. And this opportunity came up uh, uh, in Blackrock, and I uh, I pounced on it. And, uh, you know, hearing from, you know, I don't want to get too political, but, you know, hearing from both administrations saying, hey, the vaccination is, you know, going to be the uh, the end of the uh, the tunnel. And, you know, uh, and uh, so, you know, hearing this, I decided to gamble everything and put it into this restaurant uh, concept of international comfort food, uh, which also just so happens to be gluten-free, but you would never know it. Our entire menu is 100% gluten-free and uh, decided to uh, open the doors on March 12th of uh, 2021. And uh, it's been quite the journey to say the least. Uh, The venue, um, once I, I knew how it is, it's got great parking behind it, by the way. Yes. Um, and, and getting to the outdoor eating, I've noticed several places that had outdoor uh, eating uh, with tents and heaters and the like. Mm-hmm. I would have thought when we could go back indoors, people would have kept that space too because everybody likes outdoors. Is there a reason? Did How did you manage the outdoor? Or did you not do that? Oh, we did. Well, we ha- I have a small uh, patio outside the front of the building, um, but on the uh, side of the building, which is technically a municipal lot, uh, parking lot for the city of Bridgeport, uh, these parking spots that are against the building are actually the land of, of the business. So so uh, we closed off those parking spots and put up tents and, you know, called them cabanas. And uh, so we uh, were able to seat an additional um, 30, 36 people outside on to the side of the building. Um, it's, you know, we're in New England and, you know, unlike Southern California and L.A. where you can dine outside year round, you know, once you get into the end of October, beginning of November, you know, it's really not feasible to have outside dining unless it is enclosed or uh, to have some sort of heating uh, element out there. And it just wasn't feasible for us to do because also wasn't a safe spot for us to bring the food, hot food out through into the cold <laughs> and into the tents. So. And I'm thinking of ice and people sleeping. But more yeah. to what I remember was going on with some of the restaurants in New York where mm-hmm. they were having the, the city was being um, 
uniquely, I'm going to, I don't want to use the word obstinate, but they were enforcing the, the regulations about how gas lines were being attached to those gas things that a lot of places are just propane. Mm-hmm. Um, but that explains it. You know, again, if you're able to heat that space, um, I, for one, would still like to be able to watch people go by. But then again, I've lived in a lot of cold places. I For two years, I was in Marshfield, Wisconsin. And so, you know, uh, it's like the weather we're getting this weekend, folks, but not with as much snow, believe it or not. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. Now, I'm going to back off one of the questions now because you said gluten-free. Please explain the bread to everybody. Again, I'm, I, I love tasting. And part of it is the fact that I, um, in my travels in, in this, off the, on, the, on and around the, the world here these days, um, I had a catering business at one point, and uh, I knew within a year that I didn't have a good business plan in place with my business partner. You have a good business plan in place, but backing off, I also went to the Institute of Culinary Education and have a chef pastry chef certificate as opposed to the the real thing, but it's a, it's also like pastry chef light. So. Uh, doing this and 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 going to pat myself on the back is one of my biggest show biggest venues was in New York City at the fancy food show, for the uh, whole trade people the people that do one of those things but it, it's really cool and Andy was in the business as well, and um, so this brings me to the the baking and the pastry and the like. Tell me everybody about the bread. <laughs> <laughs> the bread. The bread was it's got a, such a unique. Flavor again. Making bread is not as easy as people think. Well, you know it, the the concept of gluten free. I mean, it, it's come a long way over mm-hmm. the years. Number one, and you know, coming up with the concept of uh, having a, a gluten free restaurant. You know, when when I told myself I was going to open a restaurant, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to do something unique and different when it came to the style and the 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 concept of the food, uh, which is international comfort food. Um, but I also wanted to fill a void that I feel is underdeveloped in this industry, uh, which is gluten-free food. Um, I am not gluten-free. I'm not celiac. um, But I know from experience through the years um, that, uh, you know, how many people per day would walk into the restaurant and say, what do you have on the menu that's gluten-free? What do you have on the menu that's gluten-free? And they're always stuck with the same thing of salad with a piece of chicken on top. And, you know, there's always a fear of cross-contamination uh, in the kitchens. And it's a it's a valid fear. And, and restaurants do their best to try to accommodate uh, people that have uh, special instructions or dietary restrictions. Um, so coming up with the gluten-free was something that was important to me because I knew it it was a an underdeveloped sector of the industry that I wanted to really highlight. And, um, you know, there is still a negative misconception of what gluten-free food is. A lot of people say that it's tasteless and like cardboard. And, and you know, we're breaking down those barriers of what gluten-free food is. 85% of all food is naturally gl- gluten-free. It's just us as the Americans like to add their bread and their, you know, in, the, in their wheat to it. And it's just tweaking recipes and, uh, you know, looking at subcontent to uh, ingredients to make sure that we're safe. Not a stitch of gluten goes into that kitchen. And I think we have really made a mark in the gluten-free sector uh, of what gluten-free food is about. And those that are not gluten-free that still have to dine out with the people that are celiac um, can, you know, rest easy, number one. And, you know, the stories that I hear of people opening up a menu and, uh, you know, and being able to order anything that they want without any, you know, fear of getting sick. The people, the stories, the what I call the gluten-free hugs, people getting up and hugging me and thanking me for for uh, having a venue that that allows for this. It's why I get up in the morning and, you know, finding gluten-free bread uh, is is tough. And, you know, that's why I don't have a burger on the menu right now, uh, because I haven't been able to find or uh, get a burger, um, a, a bun that I feel is of quality um, that is not going to taste like the cardboard. And, you know, I'm working, trying to work with local bakeries that are doing wholesale, but COVID has 
also affected the bakeries. And a lot of them are backing off of wholesale and just taking care of retail right now because of the staffing shortage that's going on in this industry, of the cost of product that's going out there. And they really can't, uh, you know, allow stuff to go out at wholesale prices because, you know, they have, you know, their costs have been inflated as well. Um, So, you know, I've done what I could in, in our executive chef, Jacob Wraith II, who is an absolute genius with the menu. Um, he loves the challenge. We have an ever-evolving restaurant, uh, uh, ever-evolving menu that changes literally every, every month with a different country. So we go to a different country every month and he creates this menu that's gluten-free. He, and it's just, what he does with flavors is just, it's out of this world. It really is. That's why I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm so happy I discovered it. And and how we discovered this was because of the um, imperial, uh, the sovereign imperial court yes. doing the drag oh. brunch. Um, <clears throat> and they do that the first Saturday of the month. And I'm a terrific Kiki fan. But, you know, I think I told everybody last month, too, I won the they do the bingo card as a fundraiser. And I won last month. So I was just so excited. It's, you know, it was a so everybody uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend is the drag brunch. And Mm -hmm. it's a great show. And the proceeds from the bingo card go to uh, because the, the sovereign court is a the imperial sovereign court is an organization that is all about raising money f- to give to organize you know as a as a way to help other organizations with cash because a lot of times in the nonprofit sector like WPKN here we just have some grants that are going to enable the studio now that we're in a new location and have more expenses than we used to have at the University of Bridgeport campus. But we've got the, the regular programmers, a, a way to develop more content and music for um, Afri- you know, the, the African-American History Month coming up. And it's just, you know, it's, it's getting money. So your gift, the community providing the venue for this fun event is just incredible too. Um, the reason I was also kind of brought out the bread is because that's what everybody seemed to do during <laughs> COVID was, you know, make bread. And I'm going, oh, wow, cool. Um, but now Andy, I'm, you know, I know he's been writing questions. Uh, quite. <clears throat> so you said your menu was inspired by your chef there. Yes. And, uh, has he been with you for a while, or was he at? He he's been with me from the very beginning. Uh, when I first started the hunt uh, for a chef, I interviewed quite a few, and there was some great talent out there. And uh, he just really stuck out. And I was uh, very lucky to get him. And he understands the business. He's been in it a while. Uh, he's originally from Baltimore. Uh, and, uh, he literally lives right down the street, uh, so he can walk to work if he wanted to. So it was a great convenience for him, but, uh, nothing gets in this man's way of, of being creative and looking for something fun and outside of the box, which is, you know, what I look for. Very good. And did he uh, help you with the idea of the brunches? How did that come about? We talked a little bit about that. Well, brunch is very important. Uh, I I like to feel that brunch is important in in the uh, in the industry, and people love to go out and have their mimosas and bellinis and uh, some great food. And uh, you know, we tested quite a bit of food because uh, one thing that is with brunch can be very. Um, uh, bread heavy uh, with waffles and uh, you know if there were pancakes or crepes to be so to be able to find a gluten-free version of this that we feel is of a quality of product was important breading for you know so uh, chicken and waffles is is on our menu that is a, a very popular item and so the breading from the chicken and the waffle itself you know we wanted to make sure that people would not tell the difference from a waffle that does have gluten and doesn't have gluten. And, uh, you know, it took a lot of tweaking of different flours and uh, different combinations of flours, gluten-free flours. And we found the right com- combination. And it's uh, delicious food. It really, truly is. And yes, he he, he is, I gave him carte blanche. I, I told him there were two items that he had to put on the menu. One was my comfort food item, which was shepherd's pie. It had to go on the menu from the beginning. And when I did the interviews for chefs, I, one of the items they had to make for me when they, we, they went through the interview process is you had to make for me a shepherd's pie. And his was 
phenomenal. Um, so it was shepherd's pie. Um, and, uh, the second was, was bone marrow and it's something that's unique and delicious and fun. And he put those on the menu. They're off the menu now. They're seasonal. We, we changed them out and cost came up, but, um, you know, he, the, the man is a true genius when it comes to food and I'm a very, very lucky man to have him. I really am. But what's great about doing, like you said, seasonal is is the fact that, you, you know, the whole concept of, too of like farm to table type mm-hmm. of thing. As a customer, I get to explore what you you've ex- sort of explored for me. You're you're like the 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 the, the head explorer. And I, I, I come in and 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 see what you've come up with. And that to me is just fascinating. And we're speaking of brunch. Everybody just knows I love my brunches. Oh, <laughs> and that's because I hate getting up early in the morning too. So, you know, it means I get to, <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Um, but I have a drink recipe that I, I will get you from a plate, another venue here in town mm. that, that um, is with uh, the champagne and um, Saint Germain. Oh yes, and so again, it's uh and and vodka, and I've discovered in my travels now what's happened is is because I I had a little get together this past summer, and that was the how one of the house drinks, and it was great, and it's just like everybody's like pouring them down, <laughs> and, and it's just like, but going back to the same place several times, it was not correct thing and it's it's people are overdoing the vodka and not the san germain so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get that coordinated so i can get my, my drink <laughs> um yeah, i was gonna ask you about that how did you come up with some of your specialty sips your cocktails because i see it's a special part of the menu absolutely and that's a great question i'm a firm believer in utilizing the team that we have um and uh using their talents i could sit there as an owner and just lay out the cocktail program for the bartenders and say this is what you're going to do but there's so much talent behind our bar uh, from the beginning. And, you know, I rely on the bartenders to not only provide excellent hospitality for the guests, not only to be able to make consistency in their beverages, but to also have the creative side as well. And so, you know, I'll, I'll give the warning to uh, the bartenders, hey, we're going to be changing our seasonal menu in the next three weeks create for me two cocktails and we end up having a meeting and have them make all the cocktails that they, uh, uh, that they have created. And we, as a team then, uh, put together the cocktail menu from the bartender's creativity. Um, so every, every drink that you see on that menu, um, with the exception of our opening cocktail list, which I was able to get help from our liquor distributors, uh, to help create that, um, was done completely by our bar staff, uh, Brittany, Michelle, David, um, very, very uh, talented people. And uh, and again, I, I have an amazing hospitality team. I really do. Uh, you, you, I mean, that's why I can't, I cannot, ex- I, I cannot say enough about this place. I walk in and I feel I, I, it is such a charming place. And as, as you said, the things that you've brought into it, you know, I, you mentioned the, the, the hug, the gluten hugs. Yeah. It's one of these things where I walk in and it, it definitely feels comfort food, hug. I come in and I relax. I love the architecture that you <clears> chose. Even the, the other morning, I, the other morning, I even got fascinated with the, the, the period fan yes. that was installed and the tin ceilings. And you, you just walk into this place and it is so in, incredibly, it's home. It, it, it It's just, I feel so relaxed and I just love coming in. And I'm so happy that we discovered it. I mean, you've been here since March, but like I said, I, I say, save for a few things. I don't go out much. Um, and, it, you know, it, the, the menu is great. And, you know, we had mentioned the other day that, that this, the, you, you have gotten the one-two punch with the COVID <sighs> of yeah. the Omicron and the Delta. You know, you had opened and the, we, all thought, we all thought that the panacea was going to be the, va- the vaccines. Yeah. And unfortunately... The uniqueness of this this virus is that it's replicating faster than anybody conceived, and the last two. Um, and, and think about it, folks. We're in Omicron, and we started with Alpha, and so there's other been other replications. So why is it that Delta and Omicron did what they did? And uh, you know, my my doing my my push for the the, the vaccines here is as yet here without vaccines, you're going to be in a more world of hurt if you don't get them because it's still 
the same bug, and uh, except with its own genetic tweaks. And so getting vaccinated enables people to not have as bad a consequence. But getting back to the one-two punch, you were telling us that you're having a real hard time making sure you're going to be around for my hash browns and my mimosas. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it's, it, as I said, it's been a tough journey. And, you know, I went into this, you know, again, with, and again, I, I, I don't want to get too political, but. Um, it's hard not to. I know. And, uh, you know, everybody has their view. And, you know, there's just, if there's one message that I have been trying to convey uh, through our community events that we uh, were part of over this past year is the the concept of dignity and respect have gone out the window. And uh, so literally from the rooftop of the restaurant, uh, when we have held some amazing community um, rooftop concerts uh, for the Black Rock community, I have shouted from the rooftop that we need to get back to dignity and respect and you know it's okay to disagree and it's okay to uh, have a different point of view but you know the name calling the the disrespect the the shunning the you know all of that's got it, it's got to go away or it's going it's only just getting worse and it's it's a shame uh, you know i I'd, I'd rather you know, uh, we have a, I have a, a couple mantras at the restaurant, but one of them is it, you had mentioned earlier, it's like coming home or going into my home. And that's exactly what I've been trying to convey from the beginning. That's what I told my staff during orientation. You know, I walk them through how I hold a party at my home and how I, you know, everyone is made to feel welcome and, and, and wonderful and, and just at home. And yes, when you come in, you're at home and I don't care who you voted for. I don't care who you love. I don't care what color of your skin is. I don't care what political party affiliation you're with. As long as you treat everyone with dignity and respect, you are always welcome in this house. And, um, and that goes for the staff with each other and uh, with our guests as well. Um, I don't care. You know, I, I, one thing I'd love to see is a party of four people wearing those bright red hats, uh, sitting right next to four drag queens. And as long as they sit there and, and, and treat each other with respect, you're all welcome. Just so you know, a lot of the listeners from this, uh, for this station, wouldn't know a red hat if they tripped over it. <laughs> WPKN is actually associated with Pacifica Radio that is actually makes w, uh, NPR look uh, like it's Fox. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, that again is, is the idea. Um, but that being said, you do have the little rainbow identifier that it's an LGBTQ yes. owned business. Yes. Have you, has the business run into anything along those lines because you have the drag bunch? No. Uh, well, oh, this is such a loaded question. I'm sorry. No, no. It, because, you know, I'm not, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. Uh, proud to be gay and but I'm uh, you know I don't want to come across as being that gay bar or that gay restaurant I fly a flag outside of my restaurant and I have from day one not to signify that we're a gay bar or a gay restaurant but for equality and for saying that everybody is welcome everybody is welcome and uh you know i've run into you know some people questioning if we're a gay bar or not and, and you know our staff tells them said no our, our owner is gay and it's just to signify that it's a safe space for everybody to go into and and that's all that it is um you know we again don't care who you are and just as come in and eat just come in and eat the the, the it's on our website it's on our wall sip nosh and engage it's a social house we want you to come in in a group of people we want you to have a great cocktail or a drink in your hand we want you to lay out a whole bunch of our noshables that are on our menu and just engage with each other get off your damn phones <laughs> get off your phones get off your ipads and make eye contact with people and so you know 
teaming up with um, the Imperial Sovereign Court of Connecticut. And, you know, I, I'm not a greedy person. I never have been in my life. I'm always about giving back. So I, I pride myself in making sure that I work with nonprofit organizations to help raise awareness and funding. Uh, Woof's Gang and Company, which is literally two doors down that does uh, that makes dog treats. We incorporated that for a dog event that we did to raise awareness for their organization. The Imperial Sovereign Court, um, the um, uh, Triangle Community Center of Fairfield County. Um, but I'll tell you, the Imperial Sovereign Court, I, I could not be more proud of. Um, Frank Borelli, um, Vu Tran, um, uh, Kiki uh, Patrick Dunn from the New Haven Pride Center. Uh, I am so honored and proud to be associated with them. And we have raised uh, this past year over $8,000 oh, cool uh, for the Imperial Sovereign Court for their beneficiaries. Um, you know, the beneficiaries, they change every year. Uh, obviously, this year is the New Haven Pride Center, uh, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and uh, a place to nourish your health, uh, APNH. Um, uh, it's just to have these events. Yes, it helps bring uh, revenue into the business, but it's also to help raise money. And we're, as you had mentioned earlier, we're going to have uh, one more event, which is going to be Saturday, February 5th uh, from 12 noon until 2 p.m. Uh, and it's going to be an amazing event. And we're hoping it's going to be our biggest and best, uh, biggest one yet. Um, and uh, I'm just I'm just proud to be a part of that uh, to help raise awareness for these organizations. Now, as far as the broader thing goes mm-hmm. of, of activities you have, you also have uh, jazz at the club. We have right now suspended all of our in-house events uh, because of COVID. Okay. Uh, we wanted to concentrate uh, on dining uh, and dining safely. And we, uh, uh, you know, we, we separate our tables or, or, or people so people can be rest assured. We take COVID very seriously at the restaurant, yes. very seriously, even from day one to the detriment, uh, because there are other restaurants that are out there that are not following the rules. And, yeah. uh, you know, you know, we got, you know, made fun of and, and, you know, people walked out because we simply wanted them to wear a mask when they're standing up. And uh, we didn't get a lot of that, but we had a little bit of that and a little uh, blowback. Um, but uh, the New Haven Jazz Underground um, is... Uh, is an amazing organization that I worked with when I was with Atelia Florian uh, two years ago. And um, Nick DiMaria um, uh, runs that organization and provides amazing jazz artists that rotate through uh, for our Sunday brunches. And again, we've suspended it right now, but this is what we did in the past. Wednesday night, we did, we did a uh, jazz session uh, with them and uh, we would have a booked uh, crew of jazz musicians that would come in for the first hour and then for the second hour, just any jazz musician that just wanted to come in and play would just jump in. And it was such an amazing time to see 10, 15, 20 jazz musicians with their musical instruments come in just to, to play. Wow. And because uh, they weren't able to do that during COVID, they weren't able to perform. And that's all they want to do is perform. Right, right. Uh, they have love for uh, for that art. And uh, again, I just I, I want to be able to provide uh, space for, uh, you know, artists and because that's also very, very important to me, the creative end of things. Well, Were you I able need, to do, I'm sorry. I, no, we need to take a station identification oh. real quick. I'll let Go you ahead. do it because notoriously oh, I always invert the station I, numbers. <laughs> We're coming to you from uh, WPKN 89.5 FM, uh, broadcasting to the uh, uh, Fairfield, Litchfield and New Haven counties and Suffolk County in New York. And uh, we're lucky enough to have and very excited to have our guest and um, Mark uh, Turisi, the owner and operator of Black Rock Social House. And uh, what I wanted to go into, you said you had the rooftop dining and bar. Is that um, people can come out there for that? No, or is it just no, no. performances? I, I wish. I, I wish we could have a rooftop uh, uh, dining up there. No, we. Uh, what we would do is hold, uh, we did this twice uh, this past year. We uh, uh, There's a Porch Fest event that happened in uh, August. Uh, and, Which uh, WP Cans always is a big of. time. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so after the Porch Fest event was done, uh, we decided to hold an after party uh, on Fairfield Avenue and 
I was able to get with the uh, three other venues that are on our block, which is Fire Engine Pizza, uh, Totog Tavern, and Roadrunner, uh, and was able to talk to them to combine our efforts um, as as a community to have this outside experience that uh, brought people to the avenue. Um, it's a lot of owners of restaurants think just solely of themselves and of their business and growing their business. And again, as I said before, I'm not a greedy person, but you know, you want to bring people foot traffic to the area. And if you're not seeing it happen, you've got to create ways to try to get people over there. Um, so once the, uh, the event for porch fest was done, we decided to have this block party, uh, and we closed off half of the parking lot. We had bands up on our roof and it was an absolute amazing night for all four restaurants uh, and businesses. Uh, I think two of them had to close early because they actually ran out of product, which is a great problem <laughs> yeah, to have. Really. It really mm. is a great problem to have. And, and so we decided to have one more. Uh, we did a Halloween costume ball uh, in October as well, in which was also a great success and a lot of fun. So uh, that rooftop uh, can do a lot for a community. And, you know, we try to find unique ways and, and I, I certainly hope that um, uh, there could be more fun, unique events that can happen uh, for the village of Black Rock right on Fairfield Avenue to uh, bring traffic onto the Because there's so many great small businesses and boutiques and services and restaurants and bars uh, that's on Fairfield Avenue that that people really need to go and see and, uh, and patronize because all these small businesses have been really hurting uh, because of COVID. And they really need your support. Yes, you can go to these big box brands and these big corporations that have, you know, 30, 50, 200, 500 locations, but it's these small businesses that have single owners that are really, really hurting right now. And they really do need your help. And uh, so, you know, if, if there's any big message that I have for anybody right now in the community is please contact one of your local small businesses and patronize them and buy from them because they really, really do need your help. Now, something I don't know, um, again, on the website or maybe it came from the news, the, the, the newsletter that I got as an email, you're talking about account, setting up an account, a yes. house account. Yes. How do I do that? <laughs> so, uh, you're, you're speaking of in kind. So, uh, I was, uh, lucky to, uh, team up with InKind, uh, which is a great organization that helps with funding um, with special projects. In my case, they help uh, provide seed money for me to help open the business. Um, and in turn, they um, uh, they sell house accounts to the business. So if you go to our website at blackrocksocialhouse.com, there's a tab up at the top that says house accounts and you get great deals. You, you know, if you buy a hundred dollars, you get 125 or $130. Uh, and so it, it's, it's a great way to, uh, you can also buy gift cards through that same tab. So when you go to the tab, you can toggle back and forth between house accounts, uh, and, uh, uh gift cards that you can gift to people. Um, we don't do any hard, uh, cards. Uh, we decided not not to do that because of COVID. We wanted to keep it uh, kind of on your phone or through a piece of paper. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's a great way to uh, help us as a business um, uh, because it shows support. Cool. That's good. Now, you had um, um, something like when you're going out to a show, say you're going out to a show and you bring your tickets in. Yes. Does the program a same-day ticket? Absolutely. How's that been? So, uh there's one other um, nonprofit organization that I work with that we'd have a special deal with, and then I'll, I'll get into the E-First program, is the Music Theater of Connecticut, and Kevin Connor uh, uh, runs that organization, and what a delicious man he is. Um, and he, uh, I worked with him probably five or six years ago, um, and uh, I decided that I really wanted to be a part of his season uh, for the 2021-2022 season uh, at the Music Theater of Connecticut, MTC, down in Norwalk. Um, and uh, so their members, um, it, all they have to do is show their membership and they get a 10% uh, discount at the restaurant. And uh, Or you can also, the same day of a show, and this goes for any theater, uh, we have Park City Music Hall across the street, we have 
the theaters that are uh, over on um, over at the local colleges. Uh, any theater venue concert, bring your ticket in the same day of a performance, and you get fifteen percent off. Cool. We want you to go out and have fun and go see a show, but we want you to eat first. So come to our restaurant, eat first before the show, get a 15% discount for, for choosing us and go see your show and have a good time. And then hopefully you'll come back after the show and have a cocktail and a drink at the end of the night. There you go. That's there a good idea. Go. That's a good idea. I was also, I had done some work with brew pubs uh, down in uh, Virginia and things like that. And I noticed your beer list was kind of eclectic in terms of how did that come about as far as local or Absolutely. And I'm so glad you asked that question. I, I'm very proud to offer, uh, or utilize local businesses in the area as much as possible. I try to keep it in Connecticut, but I also do the surrounding uh, states as well. Uh, so our beer program is all craft for local breweries. And one of those, uh, uh, that I'm very proud to partner with is, um, Firefly Hollow Brewery. They're based in uh, Bristol. Um, and what's unique about their brand is that their entire portfolio of beer is gluten removed beer. Um, So those that have celiac, the owner himself uh, is celiac uh, and he can drink his entire portfolio of beer and not get a reaction. And it's one of the, my favorite things to do when I do have a guest come in that does have celiac, I always ask the question, do you miss beer? And a lot of time, oh my gosh, I haven't had a good beer in so long. And you know, there are gluten-free beers, but it does taste different and you don't have that nuance of the different flavor profiles of different styles of beer. Um, I have, with this exclusive partnership with Firefly Hollow, uh, I have access to his entire portfolio. All I have to do is contact him and we can go through the distributor and I can get a barrel of whatever he has on tap, which is phenomenal. Um, and I always bring samples of, of, I always have three of his beers on tap at all times. Uh, so I always bring little samples over to the guests that are celiac and they're a little nervous to, to, to drink beer. I'm like, I assure you you're safe. (laughs) And we take it so seriously that these gluten-free beers in our ciders, we actually pour in a separate glass. Yes, we do have beer that has gluten in it. It's poured in a separate glass and washed in its separate dishwasher. So there is zero cross-contamination. So those that do have gluten allergies do not have to worry about the uh, getting sick. So I always bring these three beers over and I always buy the, uh, that guest their first beer. Uh, and it's a great uh, experience for them to be able to sit down and actually have an IPA or have a red ale um, or a double IPA. Wow. Uh, and, uh, so I'm very, very lucky and very proud to have a local business like Firefly Hollow Brewery, um, that I can also, uh, raise awareness for as well. Now you said you were raised, I'm going back a little bit here. You said you were raised in New England. Yes. Um, large reason where <laughs> uh Worcester Massachusetts Worcester. where I was born Worcester. Worcester I'm a Worcester boy uh born and raised uh in Worcester and uh then moved down to Connecticut Connecticut up by Yukon um and uh lived there uh in Ashford uh in in stores uh and then I moved down to Manchester for a few years before moving out to LA um and uh I, I've always wanted to go out to Los Angeles I was a theater nerd when I was a kid did a lot of acting. Um, you know, obviously I think, you know, I've always been told I have a face for radio anyway. So this is, I kind of feel good sitting at this microphone right now. Um, but I uh, lived out in LA for 15 years and, uh, had a good time doing that. And, uh, you know, family brought me back here to Connecticut and, uh, my husband and I, uh, bought a home in uh, West Haven. I've been with my husband now, we're going to be celebrating our 14th year together uh, in April, uh, and uh, next year we'll be celebrating our 10th uh, wedding anniversary on July 1st oh, cool of 2023. Uh, he is the epitome of a soulmate. Um, he, I, 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 I can't stress it enough. He, You know you have a soulmate when they know exactly what button to push to make you laugh so hard that you can't even breathe. They know exactly what to say and exactly what to do. That is a soulmate. How cool is that? Um, Now, okay, as a, a... I'm originally from central New York. I'm from Mm -hmm. Syracuse. And so, again, when you say rooftop, you know, it's like, okay, come on, let's just get a few heaters. Let's just put on a... And then then from 
I lived in Syracuse most of uh, at any one given time, and then five years in Rochester. And from those that from Rochester, New York, I ended up in Marshville for Wisconsin for two years. So, <laughs> as far as cold goes, um, it's just like, what do you mean? You, you 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 have to worry about the heat outside? No, um, you know. But my my I'm getting okay. I've crickets <laughs> right between the ears but um okay i know what this is where i was going how come they don't pronounce it dusta as opposed to dorchester worcester dusta <laughs> lester uh you know it's <laughs> no no we'll get to one more yeah and please pronounce haverhill properly that's Haverhill. Haverhill, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or Peabody. It's Peabody. Peabody. Yeah, yeah Peabody. It, it's just the local dialect. And, you know, I, again, being I've spent my first 18, 19 years of my life in, in Massachusetts. And, you know, I, I I don't have a Massachusetts accent. At least I don't think I do. No, you've, uh, got, and a, you've I just, got a real good voice for it. Right <laughs> through the years, I was, uh, you know, as a kid, I, I didn't want to have that accent because, again, being the actor kid, I wanted to, you know, be able to, and that's but you know it just it never stuck uh mm-hmm. and of course living out in LA for 15 years you know there's you know it's got its own dialect and and uh, accent out there but so good good that's very nice um I was gonna ask uh, ask about the beer but how about wines was your time spent in uh, putting together a nice little wine list or? yes so our wine list um I worked with our uh distributor a couple of our distributors uh on finding an eclectic wine list. You know, we didn't want to do anything crazy because I opened this business, as as I had mentioned before, in the middle of COVID. So I kind of opened in a COVID business plan. Uh, so I only worked with a couple of distributors rather than all of the distributors. So th- like there are some, uh, you know, vodkas that are out there that are very popular, like Tito's that I don't carry because I'm not currently working with that distributor. Um, but I do have, you know, I, I try to keep uh, my portfolio as diverse as possible. Uh, but when it came to the wines, I wanted to find wines that were um, affordable, uh, not too, uh, not too expensive, but also tasted really good and went well with the cuisine type Match. that we have. Um, we only have one domestic wine on our entire list, which is Story Point uh, Cab. Um, everything else, you know, I, I purposely found a Chardonnay that was South American, you know, and you know we have a a, a, a um, Sauvignon Blanc that's in New Zealand. So we, you, you know, we have a, a an Italian rosé and a French rosé. So in, and we only have 10 or 11 wines on our complete portfolio between red, white, and rosé and bubbles. Uh, but we wanted to find stuff that was international to go with our international comfort food um, concept. There you go. So I, one of the things, over, we're, we're looking at each other here, and I'm keeping an eye on the clock because in about six minutes, there's an auto theme that, that comes on. So um Andy, do you have any more questions? Uh, let's see. I mean, I think we got we're, a lot of it in. 47, just so you know. Was it, um, I noticed you were doing uh, work with the um, state as far as weather and helping you out, but you'd also done charity events like through Triangle and New Haven Pride Center to help other nonprofits. Yes. And has that helped your business? Or is it- Absolutely. Um, obviously, the uh, working with TCC when I first opened, and uh, working with uh, the Imperial Sovereign Court of All Connecticut, um, they are phenomenal organizations that do so much good uh, for the community. Uh, and uh, again, uh, you know, we're going to have you know one final. Uh, uh, drag brunch, which is going to be Saturday, February fifth at twelve noon. Uh, please reserve uh, because uh, <laughs> please reserve your table uh, and come in and support the organization. Uh, the twenty dollar ticket uh, price, uh, all of that money goes directly to uh, the nonprofit organization, every penny of it. Uh, and not only do they do bingo, but each queen also does a performance as well, right, uh, lip right. sync or even in singing as well. And uh, any tip. Uh, that you give during their performance also goes to the nonprofit organization. Those queens, they work so hard and, you know, they, they give it their all and they do not get a single penny 
off of these events. It all goes to the nonprofit organizations. And I'm so proud and so lucky. And again, Frank Borelli, Vutran, um, uh, 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 Patrick Dunn of the New Haven Pride Center. I'm so Kiki. proud to be a so yeah. Kiki, Kiki is amazing. Um, I'm so proud to be associated with them, and uh, you know, and I will be associated with them uh, for years to come. I know I will. And and like I said, we're starting to run out of time. We normally have a lot of. Uh announcements, but Kiki is going to be at Partners this Friday night, and I was telling Kiki that she needs to have a, a the, I'm going to use the Yiddish term, uh, Altakaka's uh, <laughs> hours, because 10 p.m. starting for cocktails, I went, that's a little... <laughs> That's a little out there for those of us who are, are dealing, you know, on Medicare now, uh, <laughs> which is why I'm so happy that you're so close. Um, no, because I live right here in Bridgeport also. So my house is I'm up on the, the, the I'll say the near north side. I'm really not in the north side, but I'm just sort of like I'm on Wayne, um, <laughs> not too far from St. V's. So yep. um, it's uh, it's great. So um is there anything else you'd like to add? Because we got, uh, as we're winding down here. Uh, again, just to kind of reiterate, reiterate the message of uh, supporting small local businesses. They are in a lot of pain right now. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't want to end on a, on a bad note, but, you know, uh, the struggle is real. And especially the month of November and December uh, for our restaurant and for other restaurants in the industry, it hurt bad. And we really, really need Congress uh, to get together. And uh, I, they already have a couple of bills that have been sitting in Congress to replenish the re- restaurant revitalization fund because businesses like mine um, did not qualify for PPP and did not qualify for EIDL. So the only thing I ever qualified for was the restaurant revitalization fund and it would save my business. And it's, you know, the um, the restaurant, uh, the National Restaurant Association and the Connecticut Restaurant Association um, put out a poll and it, it, it's serious that they're saying 82% of small independently owned restaurants in the United States will close in the next three months if they do not get the help that they need. Rising costs, co- the cost of chicken, beef, seafood has skyrocketed over the past year. The labor cost has skyrocketed because you're having to pay overtime and to pay bigger wages in order to get people back to work again. It, you know, this industry is not very profitable to begin with. And to right. have all these rising costs, it is going to sink a lot of restaurants. So support is needed to generate revenue. And we really, really need some help from the state federal and local governments, or you're going to see a lot of businesses close in the next couple of months. Um, one of the things I also want to put in right now is, is what you're saying is, is that the, uh, as a consumer, as a customer, what I was so taken with in Fairfield County right now is when you do go out because so much, so many of those costs are reflected in higher prices. Your prices are just really and I, I, I'm not going home broke. Yeah. Uh, and I love that too. So it's just, and, and like I said, and I've written on my Facebook page and on the show's page, <clears throat> best hash browns <laughs> in Fairfield <laughs> County, if not all Connecticut. You're I'm not infatuated I, with those oh, breakfast I, potatoes. I, I am. It's like, like I said, I am such a fussy eater. Anybody will tell you that I just really am, am, am fussy that way. And, um, it just, I'm a big baby, you know, and it's, just, I'll be like, I'll be like Bush, you know, not trying, you know, politics. It's like when he talked about broccoli, you know, it's just like, I'm president of the United States. I don't have to eat it. You know, <laughs> I've gotten to it at a certain point. I don't have to, I, I want what I want. And that's why I love this place. And oh, a side note, when he um, became president with a little uh, back and forth he'd had with Ann Richards as governor of Texas, she actually sent him uh a a um, uh, silver foot, you know, because foot in the mouth and type of thing. And when she became governor, he sent her a silver bro- piece of broccoli. That's so funny. So you know, again, <laughs> uh, 
certain neat things. And I would love to thank you for coming in today, Mark. And um, do you want to give your website and uh, I would the address one more time? To. Again? Yes, two eight nine five Fairfield Avenue, Bridgeport. Uh, phone number is two zero three five four nine eight three three three. Our Instagram. You can fo- please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We post all of our uh, upcoming events. Our menu, uh, our international menu, uh, is posted on there. Um, uh, so please follow us on those and. Uh, our website uh, is uh, blackrocksocialhouse.com. And we're going to close out Very today good. with Progress and Hope by Linda Perry. Or at least I think we're going to. There it is. And everybody, stay safe, stay healthy. Get vaccinated. We will see you next month uh, from noon to one on the fourth Wednesday. Bye, all. Have a great month. Support for WPKN comes from Dr. Jennifer Botwick of the New Haven Naturopathic Center, offering care of body and mind, serving the greater New Haven area, Dr. Jen provides active listening and naturopathic care in a safe, supportive, and caring environment. Services include, but are not limited to, acupuncture, dietary and nutritional counseling, lifestyle and stress management, and mindfulness meditation. More information is available at 203-941-0366 or drbotwick. Hello, I'm Michael Dunham, host of Real Music, Real Talk here on WPK 89.5 FM and producer of Bridgeport, This Is Us, a concert celebrating the talents of musical artists from the Bridgeport area and beyond. Friday, February 4th at 8 p.m. at the Bijou Theater, downtown Bridgeport, featuring Bridgeport legend, Janice Dempsey, Tiffany Tizel Wilson, the Steve Clark Band, Mark Matthew, James Moss, Darian Cunning, Nate Barnes, Patrick Williams, and my band MD3. Get your tickets through Eventbrite, the Bijou Theater, and WPKN. There will also be a live streaming of the show that evening from 8 to 10 via WPKN and the Bijou Theater. Hope to see you. East End Inc. presents poet, educator, and farmer, Scott Chasky. Tune in Wednesday, January 26th at 7.30 p.m. on WPKN 89.5 FM and WPKN.org. Hello there. This is Marianne Sahalka. One of the many volunteers here at WPKN helping to keep the station open and relevant and not missing a beat. One of the things I love most about WPKN is the incredibly dedicated core of volunteers who are truly the soul of this place. Would you consider joining us and supporting this essential community resource by becoming a monthly donor? Any amount helps, but $15 a month gets you a subscription to either the New York Times or the Washington Post. A great way to support Voices of Truth during a time when we need it the most. Go to WPKN.org and press Donate. Hi, I'm Chris Cole, Executive Director of APNH, a place to nourish your health, serving the greater New Haven community. Our mission is to provide services to those who face stigma or challenges in receiving culturally competent care. Our vision is a community where everyone has access to high-quality, relationship-based holistic care to inspire health and well-being, and to empower people at risk of or impacted by HIV, substance use, mental illness, and related conditions. For more information, visit www.apnh.org. Finding a place to live should be an exciting time. It is a fair expectation that if an apartment is available, you would have an opportunity to get it. 
You should not be discriminated against because of race, color, national origin, age, or other reasons. Housing discrimination is against the law. If you think you've been discriminated against, Bridgeport Neighborhoods Together offers free counseling services at 203-290-4255. That's 203-290-4255 or bntweb.org on the internet. This is Scott Harris, executive producer of Between the Lines Radio News Magazine, reminding you that you can hear Between the Lines every Thursday evening at 7.30 p.m. and again on Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on listener-supported WPKN in Bridgeport, 89.5 FM. Tune in each week to hear Between the Lines, featuring timely, in-depth progressive analysis here on your listener-supported radio station, on the web at WPKN.org.